to the Painter Bride Quarterly Slush Pile. We're so glad you found us today. Um, what we're about to do is discuss some poems and have an open editorial meeting on air. Um, you're going to listen in. You can look at the work on our website, pvqmag.org, if you'd like to follow along. And otherwise, just jump right in and, and join us. Um, the Us will start with me just because I already have the mic. I'm Kathleen Volk Miller. I'm here in the sound studio at Drexel University. And I am with Addison Davis, a <laughs> former Drexel student, currently working with Kathy on the PBQ. Hells to the yeah, and thank goodness for that. Also in the studio is our intrepid sound engineer, Joe Zang. Bazinga. <laughs> okay, so let's stay in the United States, I guess, and I'll bounce it right up to Jason Schneiderman. Hello, greetings from Brooklyn. Um, I'm in, I'm not, it's not a bathroom episode because I have to run up to the dentist right after this. Um, <laughs> but I am in my loving, I'm in my lovely living room with my um, mid-century modern couches. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, and now out there, over 6,000 miles away, Samantha Nugerbauer is listening in. She might be able to peep up and say hello every now and then. She's like a ghost. Hello. <laughs> we don't know. You will be on the recording whether or not who you can hear and who you can't. But hi. Glad that you're I'm gonna there. I'm going to be quiet this time around, but I'm listening and uh, I'm happy to be with everyone here today. Thank you. <laughs> sure. Hey, Mayor. Miss ya. Hi. Guess what I just did. I forgot that you're not 6,000 miles away. <laughs> I just bounced it back to New York. I, it, you know, it's so funny. All right, dear slushies, I'm in I, what I like to call the transition, which is I'm I'm getting ready to leave the U.S. again. So I, I sort of sit in New York near NYU for like a day or two. Um, and then I get on a flight and go back to Abu Dhabi. So um, my transitional liminal space is currently at the Marlton Hotel, mm-hmm. um, which is a delightful joint. So I've been in a fireplace with a fireplace in the lobby and delicious coffees and hot apple cider and kava. So I've been, you know, um, dousing my myself in, in champagne bubbles and visiting with friends um, and having meetings here at the Marlton. So um, I'm here in New York, ladies and gents, and thrilled to pieces to be able to to join the podcast. Yay. Yay. Well, I think with that, let's just jump right into this podcast. We have three poems today by Sarah Best. And um, I'm going to just ask for a volunteer for the very first one, Echo, which just so we can already start with all the um, all the tangents, Echo happens to be the name of my cat. <laughs> oh, I'll take Echo. Because <laughs> I love I love Ovid. <laughs> Echo. And this has an epigraph. Um, Nothing remains except your bones and voice, Ovid. <laughs> I've chosen quilted combat boots for the waiting room today. Camo pants and a soft palette of grays, an alert red t-shirt whose neckline gently scoops around the anniversary necklace. They've mailed a warning to remind me to stay uncomfortable. When I arrive, not to relieve myself because the discomfort creates clarity. They've whispered a warning into the phone's empty voicemail box about how we can't connect and how much this will cost me. Underwater, 
light bends coolly, conforms only to the curves of sea caves, can sometimes cause delays. I think of this as I lie receptive to transduction, to the waves they send through the skin to find the pain. They use echoes to unearth the incendiary or inflamed, to locate what's wasted and what remains. Great reading. Sorry for pronouncing necklace, necklace, but <laughs> I don't know, the rhythm sort of seemed to defend it. <laughs> I was being carried away on the oh, powerful tide. You know what I thought about immediately? Like, that must be like its, it's etymology, right? Necklace. Yeah. 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 That's pretty cool. I never realized that before. Yeah. I love the ending is just fantastic. They use echoes to unearth the incendiary or inflamed to locate what's wasted and what remains. That's oh, so good. Dang, Sarah Best. Dang. Um, can I just get rid of one uh logistical thing like a real thing in the second paragraph is is she saying that she has been told not to pee basically okay. they've mailed a warning to remind me to stay uncomfortable when i arrive not, not to, to relieve myself, myself because the discomfort creates clarity right they yeah. can see things better yeah. if her bladder's full full bladder yeah yeah but full bladder delightful as that sounds um <laughs> <laughs> it's far less poetic hell yeah right. yeah <laughs> Although, you know what, though? I bet full platter really looks nice on the page with the double L's. <laughs> oh, goodness. Yeah. It's like cellar door. Exactly like cellar door. I like how much the Ovid uh, really, really speaks to the piece and adds so much to it. it for me, adds, yeah. a, adds a lot of richness. Nothing remains except her phones and voice. So I, on its own terms, I really, I'm kind of um, super charmed, super taken with the way the myth is coming in as a structuring device for a visit to a sonogram or, you know, whatever, whatever the, the, the hospital visit is. Right. Um, And as Jason points out that, that ending is extraordinary. Mm -hmm. Um. I, and you know what, guys? Like, I'm dumb, right? So I read Echo. I read that first line. And when I read of chosen quilted combat boots for the waiting room today, I don't think she's the patient. I think oh. she's there to see somebody else's. No, no, no. And and then yeah. I learn that she is the patient. But I'm right. saying that first stanza describing what she chose to wear. Even the anniversary necklace, I, uh, you know, okay, guys, I'm projecting the fuck out of this. But it's a wife and her husband is having something done in that first stanza. Oh, yeah, I see. Because she's dressed for battle and she's and the necklace um, and the anniversary necklace. You know what I mean? She's wearing the anniversary sure. Yeah. Sure. It, so, it totally points in that direction. Right. And then the next stanza points in a different direction. Right. And I really right. enjoyed the turn of that. For you know, that really resonated with me when it be it was her doing it and she you know, yeah. Huh. Yeah. Just thought I'd mention that. I did not get that at all. Um, but I still liked that this person suited up for combat. Hell yeah. Uh I so that kind of did tell me that they were trying to take back whatever it is that's causing them to be there. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I like that in the character. Mm-hmm. And I love that the sort of like the contradiction there. It's like combat boots, but they're quilted, camo pants, but they're soft. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, 
Like that duality is really cool. Oh, sure. Then. Even the red t shirt, right? But it gently scoops around the <laughs> anniversary necklace, right? It's right. also soft and beautiful, and, you know. Is an anniversary necklace a thing? Like, is that I I I, I sort of got I, I mean I I I, mean, I understand what alert red means, but like I, I sort of got a little caught on alert red and anniversary necklace. I was sort of like I, I, I don't know if it's just, a thing. It's just a necklace he bought her for one of their anniversaries or whoever a partner. Yeah, some partner bought her for an anniversary. I don't. Yeah, I think that you just name things that in your own head. Let me wear my Valentine earrings, and they're not hearts. Okay. They're just what he bought you for Valentine's Day or she, right? Yep. I believe you. I think. I mean, I don't, uh, an anniversary, you know, uh, Jared's yeah. might have us believe there is a <laughs> right, thing right. called an anniversary necklace. Anniversary necklace. No, no. Because I, I initially read not. it as something that, um, <clears throat> like, like, as part of the hospital experience, the, the way that your hospital bracelet is not jewelry, it's an identification tag. I was sort of reading it as, as like, oh, this is some kind of like marker of the last time this was you know, the diagnosis or something to do with the hospital. Mm. I think that's why I was confused. Cause I was like, wait, what does this right. have to do with like it did like, but it, it's not, everyone else has no problem with it. So I'm going to, I withdraw <laughs> my confusion. So I just want to notice though, like there's something about that first stanza too. Like when I first read this, I was like, is this extraneous? Is she clearing her throat in order to start the poem with the second stanza? Like, do we need that first stanza? And I, and hearing you talk about the different possible meanings makes me actually more charmed by it. Like, they, there is a kind of like it's like sort of like a vestibule vestibule moment, right? Like, it's sort right. of mm-hmm. letting you know where she is and why and why and what her orientation is to it. Yeah. But then it clicks into this, you know, the the sort of art of the of the of that sort of mythical moment, right? That sort of mythic moment of, of being um, explored, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, you know, that softness that you point out, you know, works with all of the water, and I think of this as I lie receptive to transduction, mm-hmm. to the waves they send through the skin, right? There, there's a... Uh, well, I think that that, that use of Ovid works so well as you kind of get closer in because Echo, um, I mean, in the metamorphosis, Echo is so tragic. Um, I mean, Echo, like Narcissus, are both aware that they're in love with an impossibility and that it's going to kill them and there's still no way out of it. Like, it's not as though Echo and Narcissus are somehow deluded Mm. into thinking, in in the metamorphosis, they're not deluded. They're just stuck. They just want something they can never have and it's going to kill them. Right. Um, and Echo repeats everything in these like really beautiful ways, um, and so the, the, to kind of bring that magic or that kind of mythological tragedy to the MRI machine, or I know it's not an, it's not an MRI, but it's um, something that sonogram um, is just really gorgeous. That like you don't have to kind of imbue it with a false mysticism, mm-hmm. but you can kind of bring to it this this earlier understanding that's tragic and that isn't deluded or isn't unaware, but kind of with both eyes open walks into whatever it is you have to face. Mm-hmm. Well, team slush pile, the, we do have two more poems by Sarah Best. Um, and 
I know we, we talk about reading them discreetly. The next one is called Narcissus. So what do you think? Are we ready to vote on this one? Yeah. Did you have something else to say, Addison? No. Okay, yeah, I think we're ready to vote. We're ready to vote here. Uh, you know what? Sam, the fly on the wall, we actually yeah. need you to vote because we are an even number. Ah. So if you can no. um, text to Joe, that would be terrific. Just com- you can comment in the Zoom room. <laughs> All right, let's do it. One, two, three. And it is unanimous. Woohoo! Go Sarah Best! Go Sarah Best. Way to start it off. All right. (laughs) Fabulosity. Echo. Thank you. And now, Narcissus. Who's doing it? I I volunteer Marion. All right. All right. Here we go. Ready? Narcissus. Leanness shrivels up her skin and all her lovely features melt. Ovid. Narcissus lingers, sighs, how soft you are, stroking. In this daily veneration, I enlist a stalwart humectant from the drugstore. The timing circumscribed, you must trap the shower droplets with your thighs and breasts and the small of your back before they evaporate, leave you desiccated. On face and neck and chest, applied with equal urgency, a French milk cream that doubles as an eye makeup remover. But today, I flee Narcissus to chase the line that springs between shampooing and conditioning, dispel the water freely as I scrawl my back scabs, a hoary crust of sea salt, virgins like a thick second skin. Thank you, thank you. I, uh, All right. I, I picture the best uh, shampoo commercial. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. So, Joe, yes, right? There's something so, like, luxurious and sensuous and sensual and all the senses are sensed up pretty good there. <laughs> In the first couple stanzas. And then I, I get a little confused on the, the turn, right? The second to last stanza. But today I flee narcissists. Like, can, does, does I get a little baffled? I, I, I was just going to say, I, I, I thought that that merely meant I'm not going to be vain and and be moisturized. And moisturized today. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Yeah, I'm not I'm not effing around. I'm just taking a shower. You know, like just washing. She's just washing up today. She's, she's washing. Oh, my God. I love the word wash. That never gets old. <laughs> um, the Philadelphia and the Baltimore come together again. They do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're right. You're right, Johan. 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 Um, no. So. <laughs> what? talking about um (laughs) no i i thought it was that um she feels unable to pursue the beloved because um her body is betraying her that the the fleeing narcissist wasn't kind of like avoiding one's own vanity but not pursuing others because of feeling um unbeautiful Okay, so I guess it's much, it's like a, yes, I'm with you on that one. But I actually, I just, my brain is not accepting 
to chase the line that springs between shampooing and conditioning. Does that mean wrinkles? Dispel the water freely no. as I scrawl my back. I, I think she doesn't even bother conditioning. She just washed. Right. She shampooed without conditioning, without moisturizing, without, you know, she just cleaned up and dispelled the water freely. Got it. Yep. As I scrawl, now that she didn't do it, though, her back yeah. scabs up a hoary crust of sea salt virgins like a thick second skin because she didn't pay attention this time, which could work with Jason's read that, you know, she yeah. becomes ugly immediately. Well, and it was also because because your back is so hard to touch. <laughs> right. You know, like, I could go like on a tangent there. right now. I'm trying hard. I'll wait till we're done. Go, go on the tangent. Well, well, only that I was telling Marion about this. My dad is 83 and lovely and totally um, of sound mind, but not so stretchy of body. And so I had to buy him some of um, his Christmas gifts this year were a thing to help him put on his socks and a thing to help you moisturize every part of your body. You know, I've, you've all seen back scrubbers, right? A long-handled thing with a loofah mm-hmm. on the end. They actually sell a thing that's the opposite of that. Instead of a loofah on the end, it's a disc with rolling balls. And you squirt the lotion right on this disc. And then rub it anywhere you need to. If you can't reach your feet, your back, whatever, wherever you need. And, the you know, the rollers rub the lotion in. Mm. And it's actually quite clever. Who knew that they had a thing like that? Now you all do, slushies. That gift is for you. <laughs> Buy one for your dry parent. <laughs> <laughs> Today. If your parents are desiccating, <laughs> we have a solution. Buy Menon. <laughs> Oh, Jason! Got a wash. You got a wash and, <laughs> and moisturize in the one time. Jason made me do it. He made me go on the. <laughs> I did. I did. I, I insisted <laughs> on it. Um, but I, I, I think it works very well here. What? 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 It? Oh, the the discussion of the moisturizing. Oh, like oh, kind of oh, like oh, okay. What, whatever's happening at the end. Whether it's um, feeling unbeautiful and not pursuing narcissus or not feeling vain and not actually pursuing um, self-care. Mm-hmm. Like I, I think both, both of those readings are, are really successful in the poem. But I, I, I think either reading works. Yeah, Absolutely. Well, I'm happy that you got appliances for your dad <laughs> to, moist, to moisturize his, his extremities. Yes. Well, it's very important to moisturize. It is. Got to moisturize. Um, Addison, do you want to do you want to weigh in? I'm a. I, I don't get the last two stanzas. I don't mm-hmm. like chasing the line, and then the crust of sea salt are really. I don't know. My literal mind is not. Not mm-hmm. getting wrapped around them. You don't think that because she chose to not moisturize. I'm just offering this up. Please. If we stay in the literal, she chooses to blow off being a narcissist and pampering herself. But immediately afterwards, envisions 
ba- uh, scabs forming on, on her back. Oh, I don't, I don't think they're they're imaginary. I think those are real. Oh. <laughs> I mean, I think this is the result of some kind of like chemotherapy or some sort of um, really agonizing medical treatment that's that's tearing her body up. Wow. That's wow. leaving her wow. skin scarred and, and torn. Why do you think no, that? I, well, because the, the, her back is covered in scabs as I crawl my back scabs. The how, do, is, how do you know they're actual and not metaphorical scabs? Oh, because I never read metaphorically. <laughs> Everything's always literal, if there, unless there's another signal for me. Well, but mm. I thought we were reading the myth into this. What is she scrawling then? This are, poem. The narcissist doesn't have back scabs. I mean, right. no, I, I, I don't see any reason to read that metaphorically. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I mean, a hoary crest of sea salt <laughs> is, is an image. I mean, that's metaphorical. I don't think that she's covered in sea salt. Um, I think that's a that's a metaphor that says the back scabs are like sea salt. And that's no, that's they're the like the a thick second skin. They're like a second yeah. skin. But the they sea salt is there. Hoary, they are a hoary crest of sea salt. So like, is but, she exfoliating? Uh, no. Also? I think, well, I don't know. My, my read is metaphorical because they're, as she's writing... Her back is scabbing up. That just I like. I'm seeing it like in time lapse. As I scrawl, okay, not as I scrawl my back scabs, but as I scrawl, right? Then my back scabs. Okay. Yeah, it's happening too quickly for me. That's why it's metaphorical for me. Okay. You know, that's all. But I would dare say it works whether you're literal or metaphorical. I mean, a, a humic tint is only anything that is meant to keep moisture in. And, you know, so that that doesn't mean a medicine. From humectant. The <laughs> <laughs> a humectant. Humectant. I love the dictionary voice. Humectant. Humectant. <laughs> that is not medicine. No, but it's but it, it can be a really if, if you if you're on a treatment that's drying out your skin, it can be important. And once, <laughs> once you know, like once something's injured, it's harder to heal. Whereas if you can prevent the injury in the first place, then, you know, <laughs> prophylactics. That's prophylactics. why they're yes, I'm, I'm clearly dispensing excellent medical advice today. Mm hmm. <laughs> Again, it's important to moisturize and exfoliate. <laughs> and, and prophylactic measures should be taken at all times, whenever possible. Can we hear, can we hear the dictionary voice say prophylactic? Hori. <laughs> Who are you calling Hori? It just means white. <laughs> Is that what all it means, really? Yeah, that's I had to look it up, but yeah. Oh. <laughs> it just means white. Man, yeah. I really didn't know that. I always pictured like like this, Gabby Yuck, when I hear. Oh, no, like hoarfrost. It just means yeah, white. Yeah, it just means white. It's like a, yeah. Like, you know, you know, like the back of a seashell, how it's like, you know, just the basic clamshell seashell that you find everywhere. Oh, that I would yeah. describe that as hoary, but I guess I've been wrong. That's well, why, that's why I'm not a care. poet. <laughs> Grayish white, grayer well, white hair, aged. Well, yeah, like I pictured a texture thing as well as a mm-hmm. color thing. But anywho. So so I'm going to jump in and say there's a there's a way that the sort of um, my befuddlement and at the end in the last two stanzas 
gets um, made more secure, right? Or is contained by the epigraph. So leanness shrivels up her skin and all her lovely features melt. So when she chooses not to pursue this um, narcissic narcissism, right? Or the impulse for self-care, she, she desiccates, right? Like she, she shrivels up basically. So that's like, I get the kind of plot or the turn in that regard. Yep. But I really struggle with, with some of the ways that images are working. Like I, I'm just lost in it um, a little bit too, too long. In a bad um, way. Yeah. And not in a bad way, but just in a way that doesn't, it's, it doesn't reward yet. Like it's close, but then I feel sort of stupid, you know, like I'm missing something. Mm-hmm. I, I wasn't sure what the line is that comes between shampooing and conditioning. She, 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 I don't know. I don't know, right? To chase the line that springs I between. I just pictured her leaping out of the shower without conditioning. That's all. But. Well, I love that reading, though. Like, I, I, but I just don't know that that's. For me, that was the only chase. Was, read, the, right. That chase was physical, right? <laughs> she just jumped out. Right. But I do love that, though, like the fleeing, the chasing. And it kind of points back to the echo and narcissus mythology, Mm -hmm. right? Like those verbs are great. I just I get a little tangled up and feel dumb. Don't feel dumb ever. Thank you, honey. I like positive affirmations. It's like exfoliate, moisturize and affirm. That's (laughs) ritual. (laughs) It's 2020. <laughs> should we vote? I Let's. think we should vote because we have we do have one more. Mm-hmm. We do. Um, okay, one, two, three. Uh, we've lost Sam. Sam's not here to vote. Uh, you guys, it's a tie. <laughs> uh. Love it. I love it. Well, we love, yeah. I don't know what happened to Sam. I think that we should have Sam be the tiebreaker. Tiebreaker. Okay. Although that just doubted hers to Sarah, but I doubt Sarah will come after her either way. Um, So, so, all right. So, how do you do that in baseball? What's a tie? Like, you got one is the first column's the wins. I I need to. Oh, there are no ties in baseball? You pick the one sport. <laughs> you just you just keep playing innings, right? Yeah, extra innings. I was gonna say, what are you talking about, Kat? There are no ties in baseball. Except one All Star game in history. Wow. See, that's why I don't watch the baseball. Or you can tell that's evidence that I don't watch the baseball. Sudden death. <laughs> <laughs> Since we lost Sam, we now have Dictionary Voice joining us. Sudden death in the context that we've been putting these poems sounds like. Uh, (laughs) That's rough. Uh, Allison, we haven't heard enough of your voice, so I think you should read the next one. (laughs) But Jason, what did I just interrupt you? I'm sorry. Oh, no, I I was I, I thought I had a solution, but I don't I don't have a solution. A solution. I was wrong. To what problem? To, to the, the, to the tie. tie. Oh, okay. I was wrong. All right. All right. Ratchet that bag. How do you feel, Addison, about reading? You good to you good for that? Good for extended takes and long shots. Woohoo! Extended takes and long shots. Watching the master builder the other day, I was struck by the long stretches of total unconsciousness on the part of the main character. 
filled with long exposures of trees and light scenes shot on a train distract from his Faustian struggles. On Wednesday night, I'm seeing you. I've got one foot here, and here's the other. It's too much to hope for pleasure. How will I meet you this time? The brick fast here is generous for a hostel. The granola tastes like butter. Orange zest leaves a mark of hospitality on skin, along with warming cups of coffee served in mason jars. My copy of Truman Capote's Answered Prayers sits on a long banquet next to a Chinese checkers set and letter-pressed shaker recipes, calling for bourbon whiskey and Campari. I'm still hoping to find a panacea in this narrow morning window. Last time I checked, your face wasn't less handsome, just less hospitable. Nice. Oh my god, I love the end of that poem. Thank you. Yeah, I really love that. Thanks. Last Anna. time I checked, your face wasn't less handsome, just less hospitable. Ouch. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Hey, what's the master builder? Am I, I guess is, it, is that a reality? It's an Ibsen show? play. It's a play. It's an Ibsen play. Yeah, um, I've never seen it. I don't, I, I don't know. Um, <laughs> I often confuse the plot with that people. I was under the same misimpression with Mary, and I'm like, that must be one of those shows on that network that does those shows mm-hmm. like that, like where like they HGTV. do build things. I thought it was yeah. fucking HGTV. I was like, we might be watching it at my office on the TV in the background, but no. Oh my god, I'm so such an ignoramus. All right, wait, Jason, can you help me out there? What is the Ibsen play? Well, I, I actually don't know the plot. I mean, I know that it's it's, uh, it's a generational conflict. It's Ibsen, you know. Jo, uh, um, jo, Joe, can you give us a, a brief overview? He's looking at it. Is he going to enact it? He's doing it. He's he's doing it. Oh, you guys are missing this. He's all Faustian. It's <laughs> true. Um, it makes so much more sense as an Ibsen play, though. I was like, "What fucking reality TV show has long takes?" In its <laughs> Here, uh, Halvard Solness rose to his high position as a master builder because of a fire that destroyed the ancestral the ancestral estate of his wife's family. On the site, he built new homes that won him fame and assured success in his profession. You're on the film, not the play. Okay, so so he built he rebuild something essentially. He rebuilds. Is that what you just said? Um, yeah, and it, there's also a generational conflict um, where his son wants to be an architect as well, and Solness isn't supporting him, and he's trying to build a towering steeple, but he suffers from a fear of heights. And awesome. um, okay. So, but it's a film, though, right? Because he, he dies at the end of the he 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 climbs the tower that he's afraid of building, and um, because he's afraid of heights, and he slips and dies at the opening of the tower. Okay, Joe, Joe's got something to add here. It was also okay, great. A twenty fourteen film directed by uh, perfect. Jonathan okay. Demi. Oh, Jonathan Demi film. Who's the main actor? I'm just curious now if it's twenty fourteen. Oh, he's got trailers up and everything. Uh, a bunch of really good actors that I have no idea who they are. Oh, all right. All right. Okay. 
Oh, all right, slushies. We will embed some links in the show notes um, to the Demi film, to the Ibsen play, right? Just for like, you know, the glory of context. Um, but I have to tell you, as a reader, I had not, I had no access to that until Jason said it was an Ibsen play, right? And so I wonder, is that vital information for this? Well, okay. Let me, let me pause it though, that she probably is referring to the film because of extended exactly. takes and long shots. So... I just, I, you know, the images I had was somebody building something and then every now and then they would have shots of him staring pensively into the mm-hmm. forest where he's building the thing, right? Which I don't know if that's that off the mark of this. It's about building well, and, something. And there's, there's description of it. You know, I was struck by the long stretches of total unconsciousness on the part of the main character, long exposures of trees and light, scenes shot on a train, um, his Faustian struggles. Like we have a, we have a clear sense of like what was important about the film. Right. I see. And I, but I took the Faustian struggles as more like almost whimsical, like funny when I was oh. thinking of it as a, as a TV show where they build tree houses. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's reality TV show. <laughs> right. It's funny. Right. Yeah. But I, but I appreciated it. You know, yeah. I appreciated the humor of it. I think I even snorted. You might play, play that back slushies. There's a small like, snort from KVM. Thinking that it's a reality TV show adds this inappropriately layer of irony to right. a very, very um, you know, heartfelt poem here. Yeah. Yeah. Whoops. Okay, because what sticks for the speaker is the long stretches of total unconsciousness and the trees and the and the um these long shots and extended takes of pensiveness, right? right. That is what sticks with her. That's well, why she. That's whole, why she it, talks about it. I'm right. using the pronoun she, but only for the I. Sorry. Um, and it's all because she's looking. She's thinking about meeting up with the you on Wednesday night. That's why she's right. so pensive herself, right? Right. And then she herself is kind of displaced, right? She's not in her home. She's in a hostel, right? She's in she's in a sort of like in-between place waiting, right? And and describing the the sort of the place where she's waiting. And then you get that, you know, wonderful turn at the end of like you're waiting for your beloved, knowing that there's a like a lack of compassion, lack of communion there right like the very thing that you're craving and hoping for is also the thing that you might be dreading yeah right i i I really liked the way that the description in the film kind of leads into the sort of um the languidness of travel Mm. yes you know Mm -hmm. like there's a sort of like these long periods of time when you're not really anywhere and you're going from one place to another and um the hostel kind of matches that you know, long tri- the you know the long scenes on the train, um, the distraction, the and like so I sort of love all of these you know kind of like details of the hostel itself, yeah, and I, kind of her contributions to it, and the way she's kind of placing her things within this space, and it's beautiful. I mean, it's a lovely you know the granola tastes like butter. Oh my god! You uh, the whole- warming cups of coffee served in mason. I mean, I love the details. Right. of the um, hostel and they match so beautifully um, with the way the film is described and then leading into the reason for being here and that reason being so sad mm-hmm. um, and just sort of, you know, melancholy. I thought it was gorgeous. Yeah. So, Every, go ahead. I'm sorry. I, I do. I do. I'm very reluctant to edit poems when they come to us, yeah. but I do wonder if an epigraph here 
might help to like like contextualize the poem and deepen it for the reader fast like what if it's extended takes and long shots and then the epigraph would be something like you know after jonathan demi or for jonathan demi and if it is for jonathan demi then it should be a master builder and not the master builder master builder because the right so his film is the adaptation of the play i do actually think she's writing obviously about the film so it wouldn't be an attribution to ibsen it would be the dedication to demi Mm-hmm. Well, I hear you and I respect you, but I do want to say that I don't need I don't need it okay. like that, that even as we as we discussed a, you know, a few minutes ago, even when I thought it was a reality show about I, I pictured somebody <laughs> building like those those log like a special show, like the one where they do tree houses or something. And right. that the this guy old tree house. Yeah, this old tree house. And that the person <laughs> would be there would be long shots of them. Cause sometimes those shows are really weird. You know? <laughs> I, so anyway, it still worked for me because of the building. But what I really wanted to say is everything that Jason said, I agree with so wholeheartedly. The whole the traveling works so well yeah. in this scenario. Yeah. I've got one foot here and here's the other. And and then the hostel itself is so beautiful. Everything's just gorgeous. The granola, the orange zest, the coffee, the I, that long banquette with the Chinese checkers, the letterpress shaker recipes. It's so beautiful. And she yeah. says, I'm still hoping to find a panacea. Mm hmm. You know, so she's she can appreciate all of this beauty, but it's still not enough to like, you know, strength gird in her loins, you know, for for meeting up with the EU. Love it. Well, I have to tell you, and this is totally, totally, totally narcissistic. <laughs> um, but, uh, what I love about this poem is the way it's like on the nose for my personal situation right now, which is I'm sitting in the Marlton Hotel. I had granola that tasted like butter this morning. Right? I'm in. I've got one foot here and one foot in Abu Dhabi. Like there's there's something so accurate know, about that the- sense of dislocation and right, displacement yeah. and desire and in betweenness it's just perfect so uh, props to tra- props to Sarah best on on naming that experience yeah and granola and granola and granola yeah i do are we ready to vote do we want to yeah okay okay i think All so right. yeah hold on, hold on let's do it one two three vote And it's unanimous again. So what a day. What a day, Sarah Best. We got uh, two wins and a tie, (laughs) which you could never have in baseball. (laughs) (laughs) Yay. That's that thing they call extra innings. Isn't soccer like the only sport where you can actually really tie? Uh, you can just, tie in football, soccer. You can? Hockey. Don't you just keep going into overtime? NHL oh. took that away, but they used to have ties. Um, <laughs> football rarely, but it seems less rarely every season. I feel like ties just aren't con- like like they're just less and less consistent with the way we think about life. Very un-American. <laughs> um, um, so Haley and I watched some rugby the other night. And laughed and laughed and laughed. Can anybody tell me, are there any rules 
and <laughs> so or do they just like they throw a has... football at the boys and then the boys just run around the origins of rugby <laughs> are in the British um, public school system which is what we would call private schools and every every um, school had their own rules and rugby came out of like rugby like it's it's like a place name Oh, oh! Yeah, but every every school had like, I mean, sort of the origin of our like football, of our American football. But like the rules are like wildly inconsistent or were for like 100 years, like wildly inconsistent. We were watching some sort of international rugby championship game. And we believe that the only rule was you must have size of a wrestler. Mm. Other than that, they just, I mean, you guys, if you ever watch, for somebody who loves American football, that's what made it hysterical. Like, that's the sport I do know. know, They pull the ball out from under the pile of guys and just start running again. That's when we were losing our minds. It was like, it looked like a comedy. What really looks like a comedy is Gaelic football. I was watching that the other day. Gaelic football? There's like dribbling and kicking it to yourself. You can throw it into the, throw it through the uprights or kick it into the net. There are two different ways to score, at least. Gaelic football? I didn't even know that was a thing. It looks like a combination of soccer, football, and basketball. Wow. I'm going to look that shit up. That's that's intense. <laughs> Marion, you're gonna put a link to the Gaelic football in there too. Honestly, honestly. Sarah Best, I hope you forgive us. This is just who we are. <laughs> Forget about no tr- 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 this is not just transparency of the editorial process. This is transparency of how all this of our minds our, work. Who we are, yeah. <laughs> I just love that though, right? There are no rules. So at AWP, can we watch? Um, like, can you like bring footage of like Gaelic football and British <laughs> rugby, and we'll just like go to the hotel and? Is, is there, are there edibles there? What's Texas rules? For getting them to oh, Texas? No. no, definitely not. Oh, yeah, definitely not. Texas only allowed CBD. Edit this out. Edit this out. <laughs> <laughs> because Portland. Portland was... Um, Portland, it was legal. And Jason and I Port- might have had a pretzel or two. Yeah. I, 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 I had a soda. In Portland. That's true. You I did. Eating, you I was did. meeting up with a friend, and about like ten minutes into the meeting, I was like, "I'm sorry, I'm not going to be standing up much longer." It was just melted, melted. Yeah, melted, Jason. I remember it well. Yeah, I have about a minute and a half of remaining vertical. Um, Addison's like, edit this out, edit this out. Well, just for the Texas authorities. Right, right, right. Um, It was Portland. It was legal. Right. True (laughs) enough. True enough. And Texas only allowed CBD a minute ago, the more I thought about it. I just didn't see it. So they would not be having edibles there. What's the point? There will not be edibles there. So we will just have to have a shot of, uh, what do we have here? Bourbon and Campari. And yes. then what? Yes. Then what? Those two things might actually be good together. That bitter, oh weird God. Campari, so like I in think, a really shaker you recipe. Just, you just came up with our new, like, vanity project, which would be the PBQ drink book. Like, uh, what if you put, like, a recipe book together of all the cocktails uh, that are either in the poems we've published or that we've invented at AWP? <sighs> yes, we would have a signature cocktail each year in our hotel room. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. <laughs> For the private.
Private Lounge. The, the VIP VIP suite. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It is true. Um, all right. Addison's signaling that he's got to go. So say goodbye oh, to Addison. Addison. Have a good morning or after. Well, I guess everybody's on the East Coast. Have a good I, morning, I everyone. Everybody's um, on the East Coast right yeah. now. Yep. So, um, Slushies, thank you. Let us know but how we're slushies. doing. And um, keep reading. Woohoo! Thank Woo-hoo. you, Sarah Best. Best. Thank you, Sarah Best. Mwah, mwah, mwah. Love you guys. Are you crying? No. Are you crying? Are you crying? There's no crying. There's no no crying crying in baseball. baseball.